Welcome to Prim and Prosper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. So Marinella, as we are lovingly referring to this as Take 18, um, it's really our first episode and we are talking about perfection or in our case, um, imperfection. Uh, I'm excited that we are starting here because as I mentioned, we've done about 17 or perhaps more takes to get to this point. And I think, I think we have figured out how to record today. Yeah, I don't really remember where we started, but it feels like it's been so long that this is basically a fresh start. Um, But now that we're mastering the technical parts of this, I feel like we're going to at least be able to practice enough until it is closer to what we thought it was going to be. Right. So... To kick us off, I know that in all the previous recordings, this is not something I brought up, so curveball to start us off, Uh, but I I saw this recently, and I was thinking how perfect it was for our podcast, but it's this concept of um, perfection oppression, so basically you are so into this need to be perfect that you're like oppressing whether it's your ability to do things or you just don't go after things because you're afraid of not being perfect at them. So with this concept in mind, I'm curious to know how has perfection kept you from anything in life? Is there like a time that you felt like perfection prevented you from chasing a dream or trying something new or anything that it it oppressed you in any way? I would say trying to be perfect holds me back from doing a lot of things. Um, You know, overthinking, even to the point of going to the gym and trying a new lift or something that I've never done before. And almost every time the trainer is going to come up to me and she'll say, you're really overthinking it. Like, you need to relax. And as soon as I do and relax and follow that small suggestion suggestions that she has um it's much easier and it actually comes out better so that's like a symbol for everything that i do in my entire life so you're saying i should stop watching the videos on deadlifting form and just go to the gym and attempt to deadlift yeah and if you can just have somebody over there just telling you to just calm down that's that's the key, you know, like, yeah, that somebody somebody in your face telling you to not be so tense, but they're in your face. <laughs> I, I do appreciate like the overthinking that tends to happen if you struggle with perfectionism. Um, and my example, I mean, I have many, if we want to like have a therapy session, I could go into my entire childhood of perfectionism. But one that really resonates with me is actually this podcast. And I know that I've shared this with you, but I had an idea to start a podcast like five years ago. And I sat there and overthought it, right? I planned and I read about it and I tried to 
come up with quippy, funny names and what is my podcast going to be about? And is it just going to be me or am I going to do it with somebody? And I overthought every single step of that. And the funny lesson that I'm learning as we are now starting it is for the five years of over planning I did, I couldn't get past step one. Like we we couldn't figure out how to record this. Like we just had to trial and error it, right? And then had to like check our expectations for ourselves and and you know say we got to have a starting point. This is where it is. Um, so it's kind of been a funny life lesson in how overthinking and planning it doesn't get you to perfection, right? I'm, I'm, this this episode is going to be far from perfect for all my years of planning. So why am I wasting that much time in trying to perfect something instead of just doing the thing? Yeah, and a lot of that, I think, comes with that, that fear that people have, you know, that keeps them from trying. And if you have the perfectionism in mind, then you know, kind of keeps you from having to take the first step and, you know, kind of hold back until you've thought it so much to death that you've figured, oh, I'm going to do it the exact right way right out the gate. And we know that never happens, obviously, because of just this, like the amount of research that we both did, the amount of like planning and thinking and outlining. And really the key is to just get onto the microphone, talk, and hope that the sound lines up. That's step number one. Hope that it records. I feel like that's probably our step number one. Yeah, like <laughs> if I could really figure out how to save a file, like that's going to be big for me. <laughs> um, but you touched on and I some... Don't, I don't want you to bank on that happening, but <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm, I've got it down. I mean, if we have to do this again, we'll just call it take number 19. No one will be the wiser as to this forgotten gem that will be lost to the cloud, not saved properly. Um, But you touched on something that I think is very true for me, and that was the term fear. And I really think that that's a driving force for my perfectionism is it's like this fear of failure, fear of rejection. Um, And I think that if I can just be perfect, I can avoid the failure and avoid the rejection. And in order to be perfect, I have to try to think of every potential outcome and have a strategy for, you know, addressing that outcome. And that's just really an excuse to delay trying and delay yeah, I'm going to stumble. I'm not going to be able to prepare for every situation. And it's okay to stumble and to trip, right? But for some reason, I have this like huge fear of that and what that means about me. Yeah, and it's exhausting to try to do all of that stuff, like think that far into something that might not happen or, you know, you think that's the right way and then it's not. Um and that'll, that'll keep you from even taking the first step, you know, like down to me and my, you know, like I'm just starting to get back out there dating and I'm just trying to think of like the perfect things to say, but still be myself, but not, I guess, not trying to be 
too vulnerable but trying to be available and so like just trying to find this perfect crazy balance that is so hard to think about and it's just so much easier to say you know what I just won't date and I'll just not worry about this and then the perfectionism thing doesn't even have to be a factor you know that's yeah it's like you think that the way to avoid perfectionism is to avoid the thing altogether but really that's not the way to live life you know especially if you're someone who wants a partner in life like you have to be able to put yourself out there and and yeah somehow get out of your head about being perfect because I I think that goes along with people pleasing um and I know that this is something you and I both want to talk about today is that with dating especially when I think about putting like an online profile I think of all those same things you do like how do I be funny but vulnerable but smart but like what is that perfect balance between all these traits that I want to um show the world but I really think it's like I want to make myself be what I think men are looking for in my instance since I'm looking for a penis um (laughs) but you know it's like I'm constantly thinking about what other people expect or want from me and what would make them happy as opposed to just like I don't know being myself yeah and it's so much easier to just ask each specific person like what they're looking for and just say well that doesn't line up and that's okay or you know like you know it does line up and I can continue to be those things and feel comfortable with it but for some reason yeah in dating for sure you find yourself trying to say those perfect things and you know it's almost like a a lot of times I have to resist from like fabricating this initial connection that I seem to very easily get with people and then as I get kind of more into things I'm like wait a minute like am I being myself like where do we go from here I was trying to be so accommodating and be all the things that they wanted to be and I'm so good at it and it's been pointed out to me that it is actually a bit of a manipulation Um, so it's not a nice thing to do, but it's a thing that I do because I think I need to. Oh, you know, I had not really considered that it is a form of manipulation, but there is something that resonates with that because as a self-described people pleaser, I definitely notice that I make not like huge changes to my personality, but I for sure kind of tweak aspects of how I present myself depending who I'm around. And I'm not saying like, like I get that you need to be professional perhaps in a work setting and you can be a little more casual with your friends, but there's other areas that I tweak as well because I think that that's what the other person is looking for. And I'm so constantly in tune to needing to be perfect for them and perfect in that moment um, that I hadn't considered that, yeah, that is a little bit of a form of manipulation um, because it's not a genuine, authentic self. 
at least for me, not all the time, because I'm so much more focused on needing to people please and needing to be perfect for, or what I deem they would consider perfect. Yeah, there's definitely people that I feel like, you know, I'll meet them and I'm like, oh, they're a little bit more outgoing. They need somebody who's going to match that. And I don't really know that. I just am assuming because that's what they're like, that that's what they're looking for. And I'm surprised to realize that sometimes that's not. They, like, are looking for the exact opposite. But if you just kind of mirror what people are doing, trying to, you know, fit in or, you know, people please, then you may actually be ruining something that would have been better if you had just been yourself. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder, do you think women have a tendency to struggle with perfectionism more than men? And if so, why do you think that might be? I think women do because they're juggling how to be sensitive to each other's feelings more well at least as far as like women interacting with women like women who date women lesbians or bisexual women it's just you're so much more in tune with what that other person is like possibly thinking Mm -hmm. it's like a you're you're almost playing defense but you're trying to also show some kind of interest so Mm. it can be really a lot for two women to try to both be people pleasing you'll get absolutely nowhere Um, and by the end of whatever you know time you've spent together you'll be like who are you and you'll have not any clue because I think there is like a politeness and an expectation to like satisfy and so that's my perspective but I don't know on your end how you feel Yeah, I mean, I definitely think women tend to be more people pleasers and struggle with perfectionism in general more than men. Um, When I think specifically to dating, I often think of, I mean, really what comes to mind is like Disney, right? Um, All the Disney princesses, and they're all fucking perfect, right? They sing and birds in the forest flock to them and dance around them with all the other wildlife critters and then all of a sudden prince charming strolls by and sees this perfect woman that attracts all of the wildlife just by her voice and he falls deeply in love um and beyond even the disney trope which i think is ridiculous the other ways I feel like I saw women being portrayed growing up, which I think also highly influenced my perception of of myself and like the role in a heterosexual relationship is that women can work and that's great. They're independent, but they're still expected to do all the household things, right? Like it's always the woman cooking dinner for the family and cleaning up afterward but she also went to her day job just like her husband did um and that's in all of the media i saw growing up and so i think i just subconsciously took on this expectation that 
I need to be great at my job. I need to be well-dressed and have my makeup on each and every day. And then I also need to find a way to cook dinner and have it on the table by 7 p.m. when my husband got home, which is just ridiculous. But that's how women have been portrayed in heterosexual relationships in the media, at least in my memory. Oh, yeah, I can 100% remember, like, just every 90s sitcom having that mom that, like, still did it all, that was just, had all the kids, that was still funny, that still had, you know, the house clean and everything, you know, just flowing, while dad was just like, hey, I'm here, I go to work, you take care of things, and that's that was the normal. I mean... They may be challenging things a little bit more now when you're watching things on TV, which is great, but definitely not when we were growing up. No, for sure. And by that point, it's like so ingrained into your identity. Like this is how I think women should be and how relationships should be. And again, this puts this like high expectation, I need to be perfect expectation on myself Um, where I don't necessarily see that being placed on boys. Um, I also, just in that same vein, about the people-pleasing, because I know that those things are so interconnected, again, thinking about little boys, and they're so encouraged to be, you know, rough and tumble and tough and, right, like, boys will be boys, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas like girls are given praise when they're polite and when they're attentive, when they're prim and proper. Um, And so again, I feel like even well-minding parents or well-meant, whatever that that saying is, um, still kind of like perpetuated this bullshit that women are only worthy of praise when they're attentive and polite. But boys can be boys, and that's just fine. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, even comes down to, like, when I hear people talking about, like, whether they want a boy or a girl, and my first opinion, I guess, is what does it matter? You should treat the child the same way and have the same expectations and all of that. But people, all like have all these dreams and ideas of how, you know, the daughter is going to behave, the son's going to behave, he's going to do this, you know. And it's just like, it's still so gendered how you believe a, a person is going to act. Yeah. Which to me is like the easiest thing to let go when you're a kid. Like you're, you've had a baby and who cares? That's what I think. But uh, it's hopefully something that more people are you know thinking through before they're like you know this daughter of mine's going to do all these things and this son of mine's going to be this way and you need to experience all of these different personalities because of what i think a daughter or son should be Mm Hmm. yeah i mean there's there's definitely a huge socialization specifically like the way we're socialized into our gender roles that I think does feed into perfectionism more so for women um than men um and it's it is a shame uh and I even see myself perpetuating like I have to catch myself perpetuating some of these things because it is so deeply ingrained into me and I I don't even necessarily 
like blame my parents. I think it was so ingrained that they didn't necessarily challenge certain ideas that they had. Um, and I actually think my parents did somewhat challenge those, but probably not to the extent they needed to. Um, and I think they maybe felt that they were being radical and like allowing me to have Legos. Like I had Legos was one of my favorite toys as a kid. And I think my parents were like, aren't we so cool? We, we let our daughter have Legos, <laughs> which now seems like tame. But I think back in the eighties, like that really was kind of a what she doesn't have a full Barbie collection. It's like, no, she's got like 7 million Lego pieces that she builds with. Um, so I think in a lot of ways they were, you know, doing their best not to fall into those gender traps and socializing me into like a life of perfection. Um, but despite them doing some decent work at that, like there is so much that you're overcoming, like all the messaging you get in society from teachers and again, even with my parents' best intentions, they still for sure praise me for things that they probably would not have praised a boy for and vice versa. I'm an only child, so I don't have that actual uh, data, but I suspect that my parents still would have fallen into some of those traps had I had a brother. Yeah, well, I can speak from some experience, like having a brother, there are some like things that follow you kind of into adulthood where like you are kind of still expected to be that perfect daughter. Um, You know, like one thing that's been said in my family is like uh, a daughter is forever and a son is um, only yours until he gets married. So it's like there's this expectation for me to also get married, have a life of my own but still make my family and my parents a massive priority. But my brother, this also is probably cultural, being Italian a little bit, is off the hook. Like, he's got his thing now, he's good to go, but it's all on you, you know what I mean? And it's repeated to you throughout your entire life. Like, you know, you're always going to be the one that's there for me. Dang. We're getting real. We're getting real. But I mean, it is, I think the things that you and I are talking about and plan to talk about in many episodes once we get past this perfection episode, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we, I, I think, are going to touch on issues that impact a lot of women. I mean, for as much as you and I are sharing in common with this concept of perfectionism and struggling with it and struggling with people pleasing, we also... Uh, you know, a lot of differences in our experiences growing up. Um, And despite that, I think you see these just very common themes that impact most women, Um, which is why I think we both were excited to do a podcast around this concept, because I know that we're not alone uh, in how we feel, and it's not talked about as much as it should be. Yeah, it's pretty rare to, like, this conversation that we're having, I don't get to have it with very many women, you know, aside from, you know, if something goes really wrong and you're just venting, then maybe you're going to get some, yeah, like some support, but like just as an everyday conversation to just finally be like, you know, this isn't going too great and I'm trying so hard and is anybody else feeling this way? I just am doing more of that are trying to do more of that with people and realizing that we don't have it as together, quote unquote, as we are trying to make it seem like we do. 
and it's a relief to know that everybody's feeling this way yeah and then it's okay not to be so together right because that's the other thing is like not only are you not alone but it's okay not to be perfect I feel like I have to say this for myself um, because again all the images I get even with social media and I'm not on social media platforms it's always this like highlight reel so when you see women they you know they write it's called like Instagram reality where they like photoshop themselves so they look flawless as if they were a model in a magazine which is a whole nother area that has probably contributed to this um but yeah there's this perpetuation through social media that it's you have to 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 be that 90s sitcom mom that has it all together and has dinner on the table by seven and does the dishes and her kids are perfect and she has time to attend all the pta events and the kids other activities um and so yeah, it's important for us to talk about and realize we're not alone, but it's also important for us to just say it's okay not to be perfect. We're all we're all flawed. To be human is to be flawed, and that's a wonderful thing, and we should learn to embrace that. This is what I'm telling myself because I don't know that I fully believe it, but I need to. Well, those are things that you probably have to keep on repeating until it's like, okay, I kind of believe that, or, you know... It doesn't feel so strange to say it, you know, and I've been gravitating towards like television shows where I see the women as a hot mess. Like, I really love the show Mom. I mean, I know it's about addiction, but it's just like those women are just being completely unfiltered, honest, shameless, things like that, where I'm just like, yes, thank God, you know. Yeah. No, I actually was thinking of two of the more recent. So I'm not a huge TV show watcher, um, but some of the more recent shows that I have seen have definitely done a better job at depicting three-dimensional women who, you know, are amazing and have wonderful qualities but are also flawed humans um and that they're well-rounded characters and it makes me enjoy them so much more right because it it is realistic and it feels more authentic um and it also i think highlights how you can still be successful and you can still have moments of greatness and and those might be small moments compared to somebody else's right like I'm, we're not all Angela Merkel running a country, right? Our moments of greatness might be a little smaller in comparison, but like on an individual level, you can still have successes while also still being a flawed person, being a human. Um, so yeah, I've, I find that the shows that have resonated most with me have been women who aren't perfect, but they're relatable. Yeah, there's... Certainly no more Leave it to Beaver type of shows that I see coming out into the forefront. So, you know, Handmaid's Tale. That is just hit me right in the soul. (laughs) So to shift gears slightly, because I I feel like we've touched a little bit on um, 
you know, perfectionism in our personal life, dating, and as well as like kind of how we grew up and where we saw some of that perfectionism stemming from. I'm curious to talk about perfectionism in your professional life. Like, has it impacted you at work in any way? And and if so, how? Well, at work, I tend to be the, well, I am the only woman amongst a fully male staff, so I find myself stressing out about tiny mistakes, and most of the time they're actually mistakes that shouldn't have been my responsibility to begin with, but I've decided to take ownership of these things to prove myself to be competent and capable and... You know, all the things that I think that a perfect woman should be in the workplace. And if things don't go great, I fully take the blame, even if it's nothing to do with anything that I did. Or, you know, I'll try to cover up a mistake that a man made so that he seems like he's not to blame and more so... I'm trying to fix everything to be perfect because I expect they expect me to think in a way where I need to be the fixer or the perfectionist and they can be a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, that um so I work in a very female dominated industry. Um but I have friends who work in male-dominated spaces and have said almost word for word some of the stuff that you just said now, um, kind of like taking on their mistakes, the, the men's mistakes, not the women themselves, and feeling this need to um, fix it and to... It, it, I wonder... Again, because I'm in a female-dominated industry, I don't I don't know that it's the same experience, but I wonder if part of it's like, if you are one of the only women in a space, especially as like you climb the ladder and get you know into higher positions, like you probably feel this need to not only do well for yourself, but to like represent all women and make sure that like the door that you somehow got yourself through or the glass ceiling that you somehow smashed and got through that it's like left open for the next woman like I think of um, Vice President Kamala Harris where she's got that saying how you know I might be the first one but don't be the last one and like while it's kind of this awesome notion because I'm like yes like we need more women in leadership and more women in governance um, it's also kind of sad in some ways that like you feel this need to be so perfect so as not to mess it up for other women yeah, and in a way, you know, if I've had um, several, like, women that actually join the team, um, I feel a need to, like, protect them and, you know, take the brunt of the pressure so that they don't get to go through what I went through. And you end up suffering even more and trying to be even more. Now you have another responsibility or you're thinking you have another responsibility for somebody else so that she doesn't have to go through that. And it's just something she's probably gonna go through anyway. She's, she may not admit it to you, but it's just like a parallel universe, you know? She's probably gonna have to experience that no matter what. And you trying is really not gonna do much 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real, real. So while I've been in predominantly woman-dominated industries, um, it's interesting. I've worked and I, I hesitate to like share the industry I work in because it's not that big of a field and everyone knows everyone type of a thing. But at two of the companies I worked at, it was men who mainly held leadership positions and women held all the you know subordinate positions. But it was still the vast majority of the company was women, despite not being represented in leadership. And I was oftentimes praised for things like attention to detail, which is such a perfectionist quality. Um, but I wasn't really encouraged to try things outside of my comfort zone. I wasn't necessarily pushed to, to do things that would advance me in any way. Um, despite being like a good employee and getting positive reviews and feedbacks, like that was never something that was traditionally encouraged. And when it finally was, it was still something that was like in my realm that someone didn't think would be like that difficult of a step for me to make it to. Interestingly enough, the company I'm at now uh, is all women in the leadership positions. And I've been encouraged, like my first week that I was there, they were like, you can do this, do this, do this thing. And like basically threw me into the pool. But it's like they knew that I was capable of much more than I believe myself to be capable of. And it was more a fact that no one had encourage me to try something and no one had ever said it was like okay to stumble but like that's how you learn and this has really kind of been the first place where and interesting to me that it's a woman who's like go on spread your wings I believe in you oops okay yeah you kind of crash landed but come back up to the nest we'll do it again um yeah so I think in my previous companies, there was this unspoken rule of like protecting the, the few men who worked in the company and making sure that there was a channel for them to advance. And like the men looked out for the other men, but there was no like men in leadership encouraging women to advance. Um, and it, so it's very different um, and my current company, it's very interesting seeing those differences, especially because my industry is so small. Um, and, you know, connecting with all the people I know who work at different companies and just uh, understanding those those differences. I feel like I've just spoken in code because I'm too afraid to, like, divulge the <laughs> industry I'm in. Uh, that's probably for the best for, for episode one, maybe when we get a little more cracking into things. But um, for me, in my industry, you know, I feel like the opportunities that are presented to me are usually um, something being taken off the plate of somebody who is usually a male, who is paid more than me, and it's presented to me as this gift, like, here you go, you can prove yourself, you can do more. And then I'm doing more and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show these guys that I can do all these things. I can do everything just as good as them. 
and they're sitting back and they're watching Netflix all day and I'm busting my ass and at the end of the day I'm like I'm not getting really anywhere for this um so that's why I think it's important for more men to kind of take on those qualities of pushing women up because they're the ones that sad to say have more of the pull like they're the ones that can say hey this isn't right like we should give her opportunities like this and a raise and a higher job title and still have you as a male uh, co-worker be expected to achieve just as much, not push your stuff onto her. Totally. And while I'm very much um, for women empowerment and I, you know, appreciate the image of women breaking these glass ceilings and getting to a level that no woman has been to before, I do think that there are men out there who care and if they are unsure what to do i mean that's a perfectly you if you are in a position of authority or of power you know maybe stomp on that uh glass floor you're standing on and create a few cracks so that a woman can more easily punch through it because there are ways that men can help equalize that doesn't take away from everything they have. There's ways to make things equitable and that you can be part of that solution um, and not just expecting women to, to to carry that burden too and have dinner on, on the table by 7 p.m. Yeah, I think that, that, you know, being in crowds of men, watching them give each other so many breaks and you know, go easy on each other with, you know, what their expectations are that I don't think that it'd be unkind for them to take that courtesy to a woman as well. Like, hey, let's cut her a break or, you know, she is doing a lot and, you know, I am going to speak up for her too. Yep. Amen. So... I do want to spend this last little piece of time we have, however long it takes us to record this last bit, talking about anything that you're doing personally to help you in your struggle against perfectionism. You know, anything in your day-to-day life um, or a mindset or whatever it is that you're doing that you find helpful in combating this horrible disease. Um, I'm doing a lot. I'm trying to do more positive affirmations for myself. You know, I'm trying to catch myself in patterns where I'm overextending or I'm assuming that this is what's expected of me or mind reading or doing any of that stuff that leaves me wondering and usually leaves the other person completely clueless anyway. So... As soon as I see myself starting to do some of that stuff, I, I stop, even if it's embarrassing, even if it's like I've realized I'm being completely cold all of a sudden or inauthentic or something, and they're going to be like, what's up with her all of a sudden? I just stop dead in my tracks and I just go back to home base. You know, I just admit that I was doing something that wasn't for the best for me to myself. I don't have to explain it to anybody. I just kind of go back to, you know, is this what's good for you? Is this what you want to ultimately be? Yeah. 
I get that. I think perfectionism is such a internal personal struggle that it's so key to like have your north star and to kind of constantly be checking in with yourself you know and and making sure that you're still on a path of healing from perfectionism um and and yeah just having that honest conversation with yourself i am doing something similar i'm trying to use a lot of self-talk because i think for me the perfectionism is so um ingrained and built into my identity that like I do it on autopilot so many perfectionist tendencies I don't even see myself doing them um so I'm trying to be better at catching them and then when I do catch myself in some sort of you know perfectionist loop or trap or whatever it is um telling myself I call it B plus work that's like my shorthand for just telling myself it's okay not to be perfect I just am like it's okay to be B plus like B plus is still good and the amount of energy it would take me and time and resources to get from B plus to you know A or A plus is probably not worth it like it really isn't like if I'm at you know what B plus still graduates you from Harvard you know B plus is good work it's fine yeah and to be honest like not everyone wants a plus you know like some like if i approach somebody and they're like you know they got they can check off every single box i'm terrified i know that's probably not the best thing to say i'm not going to measure up but it's it's putting a lot more pressure on other people to be like ooh, she's really up there like i kind of wish she had just one flaw or something that she would admit to struggling with or you know just just take it down a notch hmm i like hearing that you know as a people pleaser it's nice to know that people don't want a perfect person (laughs) wait a minute am i i think i'm falling into one of my perfectionist traps but (laughs) either way it was refreshing to hear that um, the other thing, which is totally an idea that I'm stealing from you from when we did take 17 of this podcast or take 16 <laughs> of the podcast, I forget which one. Um, but you were saying one of the ways you're combating perfectionism is just connecting with other women and like talking openly about like this need to feel perfect and like underlying feelings of fe- you know rejection or failure or whatever it might be, or just basically, um, you know, speaking with other women so it becomes normalized, right? Because for so long, I think most of us just kept this sort of thing to ourselves, and it's very isolating that way. Yeah, and I think another thing that I'm doing is giving people more time to kind of come into their own, whereas before I would put so much pressure on myself to be like, just the perfect impression, the first impression, and just keep that going that, you know, I kind of let people know like, hey, I want to slow down and like get to know you as a friend or, you know, get to know you as a coworker and it's okay for you to say no to doing this type of project if you don't want to or, you know, if you're not interested in this, then that's okay that 
you know, I just trying to give more openings to people to be like, okay, like she's not going to just be like completely shut off from me if I don't achieve all of this or be all these things that she expects from me. Mm-hmm. Which is something I never did before. Like I would kind of just be like very quickly like, nope, you know, this isn't the person that I thought they were right away and I'm kind of done and if people weren't like immediately accepting of me as like the impression I was trying to give, I assumed that they just couldn't stand me. It was just like really lonely. Yeah. I also think that learning to be generous and lenient and, and give time for others, like is also um, on some level giving you permission as well to be generous with yourself, lenient with yourself, right? Because so much about perfectionism is that you have to be perfect and that you can't allow space for anything. And so there's no self-generosity or self-leniency when it comes to perfectionism. So I think showing that to others is also a way of learning to develop that in yourself for yourself, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And and also learning that your imperfections are the things that people are going to probably love the most at the end of the day. So if you let people see that, it's kind of, it's going to bring you closer together with them, honestly. Hmm. Well, I hope when I listen back to this podcast recording, all the little imperfections are the things I love the most about it. I I hope that you love that that light bulb burned out right in front of you. I did. I did. <laughs> and I am slightly upset that we are only recording audio because you rolled yeah. like a champ when that light bulb went out. <laughs> I thought the entire power system went out and I thought I just I just can't ever record this podcast. It can't happen. My Wi-Fi is going to go. This is it. Um it's it's just damned to to never happen, but it was just just these cheap light bulbs. Oh, well, I think on that note, we can conclude our perfectly imperfect start episode one and catch I everyone so. back next week. Hopefully, if we if we did this right, we can maybe do another episode. Yeah. And if it's not next week, then it's it's going to be the week after that. I'm, I'm OK with that, too. So we'll see how this one goes. Sounds good. Take care. You too.